Okay, we are talking about the judgment of God that every one of us, Christian, non-Christian, we will have to uh, uh, stand before God and be judged according to our works. So we're not talking about salvation uh, by works, but rather we're talking about judgment day is, is, is when God wants to reward us, when God wants to... Uh, 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 welcome us into our inheritance that He has prepared for us. But some of us will miss it because we have not been following God and obey. Even though we may be saved, but we have not received what we should, what God has prepared for us. So we, through this message, we talk about heaven. Heaven. And I, I believe many of us begin to see heaven in a new way. Because last time we think about heaven, we think about going there, have nothing to do but just praise God and worship God, you know, all eternity long, right? You know, uh, uh, that was our impression about heaven. So heaven is not like that. Heaven is the reality of what we see on earth. The earth is a shadow. The system of the world uh, uh, is a shadow, is a distorted system of what heaven is truly all about. So, uh, that's why we see in heaven, there are trading going on. Isn't that surprising? So, we see in heaven, there are people who are in authority, who rules over cities, and, and, and there are those who rule over lesser, uh, fewer cities, and those who are being ruled over in heaven. Right? In heavens, there are rich people, and they are poor people in heaven. Okay, so are this real? Are this true? Are this the word of God? Jesus said, you must lay out for yourself treasure in heaven. So if you have not laid up treasure in heaven, when you get to heaven, what are you becoming? A poor person in heaven because you have not been laying treasure in heaven. Isn't that so? Okay, so uh, uh, that's why judgment is the, the equalizer for, for the, the world system. Okay, in this world, we see a lot of unfair things going on. We see a lot of unrighteous things going on. And we sometimes wonder, is there any fairness? But when judgment comes, everything will be equal up. It's absolutely fair. That's why the Bible talks about the last will be first and the first will be last, right? Those who are so arrogant and righteous and they are first in this world, even if they do get to heaven, they become last, right? So there is equality, there is uh, justice. Do you know in heaven, you actually have property for yourself. Now, all the property, all the money do not belong to you. You are just stewards taking charge of them. You don't believe me? When you die, take them to heaven and see whether you can take them or not. You can't take anything away. It doesn't belong to you. Right. We are just being 
uh, in charge of it, stewards of it, and God will look at us, how we deal with it, whether we deal with it as wise and faithful servants, serving God's purpose with all that He has given to us, or we have been holding, hoarding it for ourselves, thinking that we are the owner of it. Because when you do that, God says you are a fool because it doesn't belong to you. You think you own everything. You are a fool. You will lose everything. The Gospel of Luke 16. Luke 16 verse 11. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Okay, so, so you see, the, the, the wealth of this, the worldly wealth, it's just like, uh, what is it, Solomon say, vanity of vanity. It's as if you own them, but you don't own anything, because you're going to, 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 to lose everything when you die. None of it belongs to you, but they are real wealth. If you take care of this, this earthly wealth, wealth in a right way, you will be given real wealth, real money for yourself in heaven. And then Luke 16, verse 12. And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Okay? So in heaven, you can have property of your own. Now, you're in charge of all these things, your house and everything. Well, you're given charge of. You can't take it away. You're given a user. So we have to make good use of what is given. But if you think you're going to have it, you're hoarding it, you're hoarding it, you're accumulating it, you didn't use them for their rightful purpose. You're going to lose it. You're going to lose it. In heaven, you have mentioned of your own. And Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you. Okay? Okay, so, so you see, Jesus said, I, I go and prepare a place for you. When it's ready, then I will come and take you to be with me. So you see, every house is, a mansion is personal, personalized. God will prepare that house just for you. Okay? He knows what you want. He knows what you need. And, and, and He knows what you should have. So if you don't serve the Lord, well, the house probably is ready and, and there's no point in, in just wasting life on this earth. We might as well go. Okay, so can you begin to see heaven is so real. It's just like here. But a thousand times better and, you know, than, than this place. And there will be, of course, the holy place, the sanctuary of God. The presence, uh, the, the, the place where God dwells, but there are houses. And also, we learn that in heaven, there are outer darkness. There are those who couldn't get in, they are just barely saved. But they're outside, they have nothing. They have regrets, but nothing much. Okay, so, and then. I told you, in heaven, they are trading. They are buying and selling. You don't believe me? Look at this. Luke 12, 33. 
sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted when no thief comes near and no moth destroy. So the, the Lord Jesus said, hey, make sure you got purse. What do you put inside your purse? Money, right? He said, hey, make sure you have purse. That is not that will not be exhausted. There's a lot of wealth and money inside so that you can buy. So God is such an exciting God. God is such a, you know, He's, he's so multi-talent, multifaceted. Heaven, we don't know what it's like. And it's probably, there'll be a lot more development when we get there compared with what it is now. Right? Surely there will be. Uh, so heaven is not a static place. Heaven, static. You just go there, do nothing else, and sing hallelujah. No, heaven is an exciting place. It's where life, true life, true property, true wealth, everything is true. Everything is real. It's not an illusion. It's not illusion. So heaven 好像很假的,不知道是怎么样,天上是很真实,很真实。And so do you want to be rich in heaven? Let me ask again, do you want to be rich in heaven? If I'm teaching here, you know, how to be a billionaire, billionaire, you think people will come? So there are people who will not want to listen, and I hope this morning you're listening. Because if you say in your heart, no, I cannot, then you're going to switch off. And there are people in this world, they switch off. Because when you want to teach them to be rich, they say, well, I can't, I cannot, I'm no good, I'm this, I'm that. Right? And then there are second category of people. They probably will come because they have a little bit of hope. They just hope that when I go to these lessons, well, maybe just press the button, I will become a billionaire. They are not prepared to pay the price, but they are just hoping you will tell them something that they can instantly become a billionaire. But at least they have hope. Okay, so those people, when they come, they hope, but then they realize, oh, in order to be rich in heaven, you've got to do this work and that work and so Oh, no, cannot. They are not prepared to pay the price. Okay? But there are those who believe and they know it can be done. And this morning, I want to tell you, it can. Every one of us can be rich in heaven. I can tell you, you can. Not every one of us will be rich on earth. But every one of us can be rich in heaven. Why? You say, well... To lay up treasure in heaven, I don't have so much here. How can I raise up tra- uh, 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 lay up treasure in heaven? You see, the, the, the widow with two mites, she only has two, two mites, two coins. She doesn't have money, and that's all she has. And she has given that two coins into the offering because she really loved God. And Jesus said, this woman has given the most. 
So if this woman has given the most, when she gets to heaven, is she rich or poor? She is rich. But then there is a very rich person come in. They, he dropped all his coins, clang, clang, wow, so much money inside. But this is only a small part of what he has. So Jesus said, no, this man did not give as much as this woman. So you see, that's why those who are first, well, they seem to give a lot. Well, we need so much money and this woman seems to give nothing. Insignificant. But yet, God looked at it. He judges differently. He said, this man, I've given him so much. He's just tipping me. He's just giving me a, a, a little bit of what he has. Whereas that woman has given everything. You see? There's fairness in heaven. Every one of us, whoever you are, in whatever position you are, you can be rich. You can be rich. You don't have to compare yourself with others. You just give your life. You just give your heart. You just serve God in the way that God wants you to serve. That's what it is to be a wise and faithful servant. Live out our calling. A wise servant. How can we become rich? We got to be single-minded in serving God. That's, that's what it is. Single-minded. Single-minded. Look at Luke 16, verse 13. Luke 16, verse 13. No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Right? So, Jesus said, no servant can serve two masters. No servant. But today, we don't see that. We think we can serve God. We can also serve ourselves. We can also uh, 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 serve money. You know, but we thought it's okay. But Jesus said, no servant, no servant can serve two masters. Either he served one or he served the other. That's, that's how God looked at things. And, and Jesus was very specific to tell us money or God. Right? We cannot serve both money and God. And money is the other competitor that is competing for our hearts. Okay? So Jesus was very specific. He said, you either hate this one or you love, love, love the other one. So it's not like us. Okay, I love Jesus. I serve Jesus. But I also serve money. And maybe Jesus a little bit more than my money. You know, that sort of compromising attitude. He doesn't. Jesus didn't say that. He said, either you hate this one or you love this one. You know, the two doesn't, doesn't coexist uh, together. Okay, so you cannot serve both God and money. You either despise one or devoted. So this, this tells us that we, how we deal with wealth is uh, very important because in order to be rich in heaven, you've got to be the wise and faithful servant. And Jesus said, you cannot be faithful to me and also cling on to, 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 to money as your God. Okay, well, we don't say it is our God, but Jesus said it, it becomes your God, 
right? Because you trust in it, you depend on it, you, 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 your security is in it. Everything seems to replace the God in your life. Okay. How do we choose? Now there are two masters. One is money, one is, is uh, the law. So how do I choose? Which one will I follow? Luke 12, 34 to 36. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning like men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. Everything depends on your heart, where your heart is. Because where your heart is, that's where your action is. That's where you focus on. That's where, you know, that, that's whom you serve, where your heart is. And how do you tell your heart is for God? If your heart is for God, then you're ready to serve Him. When He comes, you're ready. But very often, we are to so different. When, when we are required to serve or do something, sometimes we say, you know, I'm, I'm busy. I talked to someone this week. I called this person. He said, I'm so busy. The person has not been to church for months. Why? What's happening? Where your heart is. That's where your treasure is. Right? That's where your treasure is. Okay, so if we continue to build the kingdom of this world, the kingdom for ourselves, then we do not lay up treasure in heaven because where our treasure is, that's where our heart is. That's where we are ready to serve. We are responding very fast. But today, if you call somebody, normally they will give you a lot of reason. I'm too busy. I'm not free. I, you know, they, they have a lot of reason. But a wise servant is ready, ready to serve the master. The next verse, 37. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. I tell you the truth. He will dress himself to serve. We'll have them recline at the table and we'll come and wait on them. Yep. How you serve the Lord, it tells a lot about your heart. It tells a lot about what you will get in heaven. So you can see when the master came and saw that this servant is so faithful, ready to serve, and, and the heart is for the master, you see, the master turned around and, and, and put on the, the aprons and begins to serve this servant. So God will honor us. What you get, what, how you are treated in heaven depends on how you perform, how you behave on earth. So how we are served, how we are being treated in heaven, it depends on how we have been per performing on earth. So service, our, our, our ministry, our service as a servant, it comes from the heart. It's not the action, right? Some people, they will do because you tell them to do, but not necessarily from the heart. It's because you tell me, then I do. But the servant who has the heart, 
He's not waiting. He's ever ready. He's just watching to see where he has opportunity, where the master wants him. So he's alert. He's, he takes initiative. But the servant who is, doesn't care, he's just waiting passively for the master to tell him. God loves servants who are ever ready, who, who, who just want to serve, who has the heart to serve, not those who doesn't, doesn't take it seriously. Okay, then we look at the second thing. We talk about the competitors in our hearts, right? The love for money. And, and let's see what the Word of God says in Ephesians 5, verse 5. For of this you can be sure. Listen, this is definite. This is not just an opinion. Of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Of this you can be sure. So you know it's definite. Right? Who are the people who will not receive an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ? Okay, it talks about immoral, impure, or greedy person. So we know greed is the number one enemy because Jesus said, either you serve God or mammon, right? So this is the number one enemy. Why money, the love of money, will cause you to lose your inheritance in heaven? Because he says such a man is an idolater. So when we trust in mammon, when we trust in uh, our greedy for more, why? Because we want this money to give us the security that we need, give us the comfort, give us the satisfaction, give us all that we need. So it becomes an idol, a god in our life. And that will cause you to lose your inheritance because you're actually worshipping another god. But we don't associate it as idols. And that's why a lot of Christians were worshipping another God, formless God, that we don't even know. But it's in our heart. It controls our heart. It controls how we serve God. It controls our attitude towards God. Our bad attitude towards God. But we, we don't recognize it as a sin. And then it goes on to talk about immorality and, and uh, impure. So all these things are what God has given to us for our enjoyment including money, is to meet our needs, is to give us comfort, right? It's for our enjoyment. But we abuse it. We abuse it, we turn it to become something that we depends on rather than depending on God and have a proper use of what God has given to us, right? Uh, our sexual desire, our uh, desire for, for, for ownership of things, you see, all this God has given it to us. If we use it in a proper way, it's a blessing. It's what God wants us to have. But we abuse it, right? It becomes, uh, it will cause us to lose our inheritance. Okay, so we've got to be careful because some Christians who, who are so uh, greedy and, 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 and love for money, we don't say it's, it's sin. But when we see immorality, we say, oh, that, that's sinful, right? But yet... They, they, they are similar in that sense. 
it will, it will cause us to lose our inheritance. So what do we do? Because we will struggle with it in, in, in our earthly nature. Colossians 3, verse 5. Colossians 3, verse 5. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Okay, so we have an earthly nature that, uh, well, this is part of our makeup, right? But we have to put to death when it's gone, gone to, uh, the wrong way and abuse what God has given, the good gifts that God has given to us. So we have to put to death what belongs to the earthly nature. Okay, so we want to uh, put to death this desire so that they do not manifest, they do not live out, uh, manifest and, and live out in our life. So how do we put to death uh, this earthly nature? We look at, go back to the earlier verse, verse 1 to verse 3. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you die, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So in order for us to crucify the earthly nature, we've got to shift. We've got to focus on the things above, the heavenly thing, right? Things that is from above. And uh, how do we do that? He says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. And then verse 3 says, For you die and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So the way we do it to crucify uh, the, the earthly nature, we, we have to understand it's a process. It's not a one-off thing. It's a process. Okay, so but how do we begin? We begin by recognizing what Jesus has done for us. You know, we are dead. In Christ Jesus. My old nature is crucified with Christ. And now I have a new life. I have a resurrection life. So that is where we begin. The, 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 the struggle we have, they are real. They are there. And that's why we got to see that we are a new creation. We are a new creature. Because otherwise, when you face with the reality, you say, no use. I cannot. I can't do it. But remember, it's not trusting in self, it's trusting in what Jesus has done. Right? So we recognize, this is what Jesus has done for me. This is exactly what I am. Regardless of my feeling, regardless of what I do, I know this is the new creation. I am a child of God. Set your hearts on things above. Because now you know who you are. So now you set your hearts on things above. To set your hearts means to reset your heart. Okay, you got it? To set your heart on things above means to reset your heart. Because your heart will on earthly things. But now you need to reset it so that it is set in heaven, the things above. Okay, so we, we, we continue every time. When, when it's wrong, you reset it. Every time, this is renewing. That's why it's a process. It's not one time. It's every time. 
When you realize, hey, your mind is gone somewhere, your heart is gone somewhere, you got to reset it, reset it, reset it until hopefully it, it will be fixed on, on the things of heaven. Okay? Uh, so, in this process, there is the grace of God, there is the mercy of God, there is the blood of Jesus to cleanse us, to, 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 to wash us from our sin. But we keep resetting, resetting, because it's a renewal process. So when I reset my heart and reset my mind on the things above, what does it mean to set my mind on things above? I begin to look at things from a heavenly perspective. Right? You still look at things. But how do I look at it as if it's things above? How would God look at this? What is the heaven perspective? Right? You see, now, if you have an extra income, you see, if you do not think about a, a heavenly thing, the first thing, what do you think? You just make an extra business deal and it earns you a lot of money. What do you think? Celebrate, huh? So we spend money, wow, oh, I'm very happy, eating, drinking. But if you think about heavenly things, you say, hey, God, you have blessed me extra, you know. I, I, I'll give my offering. I will, I will, I will invest in your kingdom. Yes, maybe we, we will still celebrate, but in a proper way, not like crazy, you know, you know what I mean? The, the way people uh, just throw away money, right? But we, we celebrate, but in a, in, a, in a meaningful way. But we know how to give to God, right? So, so my mind is set on heavenly things. When I look at something, what does heaven think about this? Right? Reset. To set means to reset your mind every time. It's a process. Uh, okay, and then it says uh, in Colossians 3, verse 9 and 10. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on a new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. So it says here, how do we crucify the old nature? Take off your old self with its practices and put on the new self. Okay, so again, it's, it's, it's a resetting of our mind, of our heart, of, of the things that we love so that we can war off the, the, the attack or the temptation uh, and the, the struggles that come from our earthly nature. So it says, take off and put on the new self. Take off and put on the new self. It's the same thing. The old self is what I was in. So now I take it off, I put on the new self, it's resetting resetting, because my mind was there. I'm resetting the thing so that now I think of the new. So there's no way you can have victory if you keep fighting the old ways. If you keep focusing on the old things, there's no way you can have victory. So the thing is not to look at the new, uh, old thing, not to focus on the old thing, but keep looking at the new thing, keep looking at Jesus, keep looking at what God wants, and then this thing will be dropped off. Okay, so we have to reset our life, reset our goal, reset what we do, and then you realize the new life will continue to grow in us. 
Okay, so uh, I haven't finished yet, but I have to stop. Time is over already. Okay, so how do we focus? We refocus. We, we just keep serving God, keep looking to God, and the, the old things will, will be gone. So we are, we're talking about how we serve God so that we can be rich in heaven. We will continue the next time uh, I share with you. Come, let's stand and let's pray.